0: does your team need to master angular js oasis digital offers angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams bring us to your site or send developers to ours angularbootcamp.com this episode is sponsored by widmo 5 a brand new generation of javascript controls a pretty amazing line of HTML5 and JavaScript products for enterprise application development in that Widgmo 5 leverages ECMAScript 5, and each control ships with AngularJS directives. Check out the faster, lighter, and more mobile Widgmo 5. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 23 of the Adventures in Angular podcast. This week on our panel we have Joe Eames. Hey everyone. Lucas Rubelkey.
1: Hi guys.
0: I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, with a quick reminder to go check out jsremoteconf.com. Early bird tickets are over, but you can still get tickets to the conference. So go check it out. Uh, We also have two special guests. We have Relly Rivlin, hi, and Itai Herskovitz. Yeah, you got it. Hi, guys. Boom. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves really quickly? All right, my name is Itai, uh, CTO
2: at Backend, You know, almost twenty years of uh, experience in uh, technology uh, development.
3: Hi, I'm Uh I'm the head of uh, research and development at the Backend. Uh, also, many years of experience in uh, enterprises and startups.
0: Awesome. So, I'm just curious. What time is it over there in Israel? Oh, it's not so late. It's uh, just seven p.m. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel bad then. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, you want to give a yeah. Quick... We got. Uh, yeah, we got used to that. I mean, we work with uh, West yeah. Coast all the time, so pretty late over
0: here. Yeah, so uh, you just get up at like 10 in the morning and go to bed at midnight to deal with the the U.S. folks?
2: 2 a.m., yeah, stuff like that, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You want to give us a quick overview of what backend is?
2: So backend, uh, surprisingly, is a a backend as a service. It's developed for uh, Angular apps, and it allows you to bring your own database like uh, MySQL, PostgreSQL, SQL Server. So, as we see it, it's a uh, kind of a perfect solution for uh, big and small companies where the data is the core of the of the web app. So, what we do, we uh, reverse engineering the database and uh, map it internally into um, objects. And later on, we expose it to uh, REST API for the developer. Now, on top of that, uh, developers can add uh, easily business rules, uh, you know, role based security send emails, call other REST API, and there's a lot of more goodies on on the server side. And for Angular developers, what we do is uh, we give a full uh, ORM solution. So they can simply work with uh, objects on the front end, performing, you know, CRUD and other business rules. Uh, So basically, it's easy to build uh, Angular app uh, using backend.
4: All right, so I think you need to be more explicit about, like you said, we take your existing database, so walk me through this. Let's say I'm a company developer, I've got a relational database, and I want to use backend. I've already got my database already set up, but I want to switch over to Angular or something, and I want to use backend. What do I do? What is, what's the process like?
2: First, it's pretty simple. You know, it's registered. Uh, it immediately takes you to a screen to where you connect to your database. We usually work with, uh, you know, Amazon RDS or other cloud databases. Mostly Amazon. Yeah. So, assuming that uh, your database is open, it takes about two, three minutes stop, and we map all your database. And immediately you can start uh, have a REST API through the database. You can see all the tables or the entities, and actually have relation. And if you build a relationship in the database, we map it also, so you can have a, a complex object in the REST API, not just just the tables. If you, for example, if you haven't done connected. Uh, Know, let's say you have uh, owners and pets. You can do it using backend, and then you can get a complex REST over your database.
4: So, okay, so it's completely automated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, can I use backend if I if I'm not using cloud database so if, like if I'm using MySQL or SQL Server already? Can I still use backend or? You know, we are a cloud service, so um,
2: you know if it's on premise, you need to open your firewall or something. So that's why we gotcha. kind of aiming to. Uh, you know, cloud databases.
0: That's one thing that I was wondering as well. What if I want to like host it in the same data center as my database, so that there's low latency between the service and the database?
2: Yeah, that's a definitely a good question. So, a couple of uh, options. First of all, we have uh, our servers, our REST API uh, in the different regions, you know, in Amazon. So mm-hmm. you can have a different region, and definitely if you are in the Amazon uh, data center, then should be no problem. But we also allow you to uh, add a, to build your own MySQL or Postgres in our database. So we also give like a, a free uh, MySQL database. So
4: that's another option. So if I've got either a cloud database or say I do happen to open up my own database, you guys are still just sitting in the middle. It's not like you're moving the data from where, it's cur- where it currently sits. It still stays, stays there. So if I've got data on the cloud somewhere, it still stays there, but you step in in the middle. And add another layer, but then give me a nice API. Is that correct, or do you actually bring yeah. the data over? We we do
2: not touch the data. We don't do any migration. Yeah, we are in the middle. Of course, we we have to be in the middle also because we're running business rules and everything else that uh, happen between you actually do something Angular up to it to the database. You know, for example, you send emails, or you want to do like a complex validation rules stuff like that. So, yeah, we do not touch your database at all.
4: Gotcha. It makes a lot more sense if you're already on the cloud. If you are running local, it may not make... If you do have, like, a local SQL Server database, opening it up to you guys may not make as much sense because now you've got a bunch of extra latency to go back out to the cloud, then back down to you, then to somebody place else, right? You're kind of adding a, a big extra hop.
2: Yeah, uh, we agree. That's why we... I mean, when we started, uh, we we kind of encouraged people also locally, but you're yeah, right, latency was really bad, and that's why we... Uh, we're mostly focusing on companies that are already on the cloud. When we go to a big company, then they install it locally. I mean, we have uh, like companies like HP using our technology. Then they install it, of course, locally. And anyway, they don't open their uh, data center at all. So, so that's
0: another option. Gotcha. Do You okay. only do that for enterprise customers, or
2: yeah, our model is mostly a cloud. So unless there's a big enterprise coming in, and then. Uh, we are uh, okay with a uh, local installation, but but for the general public,
4: it's it's all cloud. So, what's your typical or even ideal customer like? Who are they? How big are they? What are they doing right now that this makes like so much sense? You're stupid if you're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, we have a variety of uh, customers. I mean, from uh, from startup to you know companies like HP. Uh, it's good we have uh, companies that. Uh, like I have a special e-commerce when everything is developing in Angular. And, you know, basically they use our services to access the database. Uh, all kind of uh, CRM implementations where the, you know, the database is kind of the core. So it's really easy to use us. Uh, There's companies, uh, like, uh, all kind of indexing type of applications. Again, we are basically where the, the database is the the core of the app that is, it's really easy to use us for example gaming is 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 not us whereas you know you need uh, in memory data it's there's light uh, you can use the no sql stuff like that like gaming it's it's not us
4: right but so what's the company the, the ideal customer for you the typical customer for you they're at what point in their development cycle are they just transitioning over to angular maybe and this Is the right time to engage your services, or are they building something brand new? Yeah, actually, in in the last year when uh, so many
2: companies, you know, moving to Angular, so that's exactly our uh, perfect uh, customers. When companies now, uh, you know, have uh, some kind of uh, Windows application or all the JavaScript application and uh, want to move on, that's exactly where this is our perfect customer. You know, they start looking on Angular in one end second, they already have an application, they already have a data, they already spend a lot of time in uh, the server side, then with that, look, we do reverse engineer to your server side, we cut you a lot of the effort on, on that, focus on the UX and, and Angular, we'll cover the, the server side. Yeah, so that's the perfect uh, customer. Hmm.
0: I have to wonder, though, is there some point that people get to where they actually need some custom endpoints that backend just won't handle?
2: Yeah, for that we, on the business side, on the server side, uh, we allow you to call a REST API. So uh, on any trigger, any event, you can actually go out and call other uh, REST services. You can make uh, additional calls. And, you know, we are also writing for that exactly, for that exact uh, question, what we do right now is working on uh, allow you to add uh JavaScript code on the server side. So that uh, hopefully will Solve completely the fact that you kind of stuck and you really need more. So, but right now we we have a good. I mean, you can do a lot of really great deal of uh,
4: requirements and tasks that you can do on on, on end So, I'm just curious why you guys, how you came up with this idea, why you implemented it, what needs um, you were seeing. What we saw, I mean, first of all, there's
2: there's you know in the back end of the service industry, there's a good companies like Powers and Firebase uh, out there. Um, you know, they all have used their, their proprietary database or so use uh, MongoDB. while well, we are actually in the last few years working with, uh, customer, uh, companies that, uh, use uh, MySQL, Postgres, Oracle, and, so uh that's where we come up. We start doing uh project working with customers, we look for uh solutions uh for back end and service uh with existing databases. And especially when we start looking in Angular, we start cool, there is a really great solution out there for front end, back end is uh, I mean there are solutions like Firebase and, and uh pause back then it's mostly Pause. But it's really close. I mean I can't use my MySQL or Oracle.
0: So that's where we start looking for uh, you know, how to solve it. What kind of access do you provide to the back end if you're the one hosting it? I mean, I can see if you're using, like, Amazon RDS or if you've set up your own PostgreSQL server in Amazon's cloud or something so that, you know, it's next door to backend. you know, then I I just have control. But if you set up the database, how much control do I get?
2: Uh, on the database, you get the full control. So, uh, if you create a database on our side, uh, we just, uh, it's a regular database on Amazon. Uh, you can even see that from the endpoint. You no, know, it's very easy to see that it's, uh, it's Amazon and you have a full access to that uh, schema.
0: So you just, so, you just basically give me, uh, a, a login to the database that's got yeah. full access, super user privileges. Exactly. Nice. Yeah, this seems like something that could definitely remove a lot of the headaches without taking away some of the control. I want to get in a little bit to the ORM. This is something that I think a lot of folks are going to be curious about as far as, you know, building this into existing Angular apps and doing stuff with new Angular apps. So how much work is it, first of all, to integrate something like your ORM into an existing Angular app?
2: Let me give a general overview and then can really get into much more details on the kind of down this this side. Yeah. So basically we, uh, on the RM, we build a server side. So it's really easy to use on the client side. So all the heavy lifting, all the hard work, of course, on the server side on the API, you know, make it fast, make it correct. That's the heavy lifting. Uh, the cool thing is that on the, on the Angular side, we use mostly uh, Rest Angular, for example. And then, you know, if you implement in Restangular, uh, you just reference a very small, uh, service and, and that's it. You can immediately start, uh, build, uh, working with object. You know, if you have a user table, you just do var x equal Restangular users. Boom, you got user. You want to update, you do save. Uh, you want to change the uh, email, you just do, you know, fix that email and, and change it. Uh, but also when you do the, the save or the update or get, it's also running all the service side business rules, but for the frontend developer, it's just adding a quick reference or running you know small bower, and and, and that's it. It's it's, it's ready.
4: Hmm.
3: In addition, uh, we we have uh, the deep level of, of objects. I mean, you can uh, you can load uh, shallow objects or you can load deep objects that goes with all the relationships, and you can lazy load them or load them immediately, and it is all with the uh, uh, with the context for uh, UI, which means you can uh, in, in a single uh, in a single request you can get uh, your main table and uh, additional reference tables that uh, allows you to to interpretate some uh, rows with with
4: code instead of uh, you know like descriptive information. So, what about like uh, I know Firebase has their like three way binding uh, Angular directives. Do you guys have a similar thing in with back end?
2: Not yet. I mean, a uh, type of uh, application we focus it's a little bit different. I mean, with Firebase with this three-way binding, uh, it's really cool for uh, kind of a broadcasting application and so. But it's a little bit when you build an e-commerce or CRM, I think it's a little bit uh, this three-way it's a little bit uh, less significant. Also, we mostly focusing on um, you know web applications on Angular, so. Mhm also, it's uh, become a little bit uh, less the, the three way. But we we have our own, you know, technology where we kind of uh, cache the data on the service side. We recognize when it need to be refreshed and, and we need to be served to the client uh, faster
1: way. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind uh, me jumping in here, I think the premise of backend is really awesome. But for me, uh, because I do not have an existing, you know, database, obviously. I would say most people are not running, you know, Oracle locally that, you know, may want <laughs> to check this out is, you know, so I've created my account, I'm looking at the dashboard and it's uh it looks cool, but I'm kind of sitting here and be like, okay, well, now what? Like I don't have a database. It seems like um in order for this to work, there is kind of a hard dependency to have an existing uh, data source, which um you know, I think Let's say you had a developer who was interested in checking out the technology and then going and evangelizing it to their corporation and saying, hey, like I checked this thing out. I think you should really look at it. How would you recommend somebody to just get a taste for back end how to get started with that if they don't have an already existing database or data structure for them to to work with? Like, how do you get started? How do you uh, it up?
2: Yeah. First of all uh, yeah, we're working on that. If you're looking right now on the dashboard, there should be like a tab over there to create a new database. That's where we can actually give you the create your own MySQL database. I think it should be like a see over there on the top kind of a way to create your own database but uh, that, that's how we do it i mean we that's why uh we let you create right now MySQL database on our servers, so uh you can you know easily start uh, building tables and and you know play around with the system. Okay. Hopefully, you can see that. If not, I'll uh, check why not. But uh yeah.
1: no, I can. So I, I've got that. I think so. The next part is well. So you know, right in the dashboard, it was easy to create the database. Uh, you know, the next question is, is like, okay, like I'm looking at the REST API playground, which uh, yeah, seems pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but like, how would I from here create? You know, start to create my tables and, and build that out.
2: Yeah, uh, what we encourage uh, to do is uh, to use uh, any, any system out there, like uh, Workbench, PHP MyAdmin, uh, uh, you know, the uh, DB Ninja, which is a cool uh, MySQL uh, system, uh, admin. So, yeah, we're just about to add this uh, kind of information. But what we encourage people to use, uh, whatever they know, uh, work with admin. And then the only thing they need to do is click on sync. And when this, it, and then, then back and sync back, uh, the changes they did in the, in the database. Got it. So that, that's the idea. Uh, we do have some work to do over there in the UI to, you know, be more clear, but, uh, that's what we're working on. Okay. Uh, one, one more thing that we're actually going to release, uh, very soon is that from the REST API, you can actually create the schema. So, for example, you want to create person and test tables, okay? Uh, you can, uh, simply create a JSON, uh, that, uh, says a text table, uh, you know, a name as a text. This is all in JSON, and then you post it, uh, to the ORM, and boom, it does create a ta- uh, tables for you. Ooh, tables I like that. You. So, that, that will be another way. It, it's already developed, we just need to test it a little bit more and then re- release it. So, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's even more cool because, you know, in the pet, let's say you have a pet type, right? Different mm-hmm. uh, type. Then you can say a pet type and say this is a related table. And we will create for you on the MySQL another table, pet type. And we'll create the foreign key and, and connect these two. So you can put in a JSON, you know, either it's a... Simple columns, like name or number or something, but you can also relate a table, and we'll create everything for you. So maybe in one JSON, it creates four or five tables. We are crazy to database, so it's all normalized, integrated, everything is uh, connected uh, in a foreign key, so that will be very soon through the
0: REST API. I want to just briefly point out, or I, I guess it's kind of a question, but. It seems like a lot of these backends as a service, the pipe dream for a lot of these is that I can completely eliminate my hosting needs completely entirely. So I, I really want to get rid of, you know, having to set up a server and host something somewhere. So I just drop my Angular files on there, I drop my CSS files on there, I drop my image files on there, and then it just kind of works and you provide the backend as well. But in this yeah. case, it looks like this just provides the API for the application and the rest of it I have to put somewhere. Now, I'm just putting up static files. It's not a big deal. But uh, I just want to make sure that I understand that properly, that I still have to set up hosting myself.
2: So a so couple of things. And you're right. What we try to do is give a full uh, overall solution. For example, for uh, images, uh, we already have uh, built-in an API to uh, Amazon S3 or Azure Tables or other places like that. So. Uh, you can easily set up your uh, Amazon S3, and you know specify that uh, column is an image, and boom, we'll we'll do for you the the upload and all this uh, heavy lifting of the upload and update the database. So that's about the document, and we also about to add hosting. Uh, so basically, you can take your uh, you know uh, Angular code and and host it on on backend as well, also leveraging Amazon technology. But uh, that will be also. Uh, pretty soon. It actually, it's been used by uh, some other customers. It's a kind of a closed beta. We'll probably finalize it soon and, and release
0: it. And then is the deployment process going to be something like Heroku, ah. where you just do a Git push, or is it going to be a something? Git push,
2: yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. No, we we didn't want to build everything like uh, Heroku. I mean, it's, it's a huge effort, and we, we like GitHub, so uh, we're leveraging the webhooks in a GitHub. So oh nice! As soon as you, yeah, as soon as you push uh, GitHub, or server pick it up, put it on the on the hosting. That's it. You're ready.
0: Huh. I would dare say that might be a little more convenient than Git push. So that's the plan. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually in, in in work. So what's the hardest part of building a system like this? It it is many hours of coding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> building it. <laughs> Uh, uh, Yes,
3: but it's going uh, we went uh, with a lot of uh, customers that uh, helped us in in the process of uh, understanding what is uh, necessary and what is not necessary, and uh, a a lot of uh, uh, interaction with with customers, with real-life applications.
0: I think that's really interesting. It's not really the the focus of this show, but the hard parts are figuring out which problems to solve, not necessarily, you know, I'm sure there are technical challenges as well, but, it you know, that you went straight for the talking to customers and figuring out what they want, I, I think that's really interesting. Right. So are there any edge cases on any of these database systems that you don't handle? So, I don't know, um you know, you have triggers in uh, PostgreSQL or stored procedures in a lot of these systems or, things yeah. like that, you know, and you can set all those up on your own and the system just kind of handles them. But are there things um, like that that you don't deal with or you don't deal well with?
2: Uh, yeah, so uh, if the database is not uh, normalized, you know, basically <laughs> if someone took a one table and put everything in, then it will be very hard uh, to, to work with the backend. We very like uh, normalized, but uh, even semi-normalized is, is fine, but that's one uh, big challenge. You mentioned stop procedures, so we know how to read stop, I mean, call stop procedures, but we don't really, you know, do any reverse engineering to that. And there is a very specific uh, database sometimes. For example, if someone has a primary key with uh, multiple fields, this is a great challenge to, to deal with uh, stuff like that. And I, I think uh, also kind of uh, reference to your, your previous question is uh, the challenges. Kind of to you know to give a good service, but also kind of convince that we're not go- not going to be going to stuck. I mean, you can still do whatever you want and, and use backend. It's it, it's a great challenge, also to convince people that it actually works, and, and second to do it. So um, yeah, we try all all the time to find the right ways so uh, people eventually can do whatever they, they need to do, to not get stuck anywhere.
0: Right. So mm-hmm. as long as you're following kind of standard, you know, simple, you know, the the kinds of things that you see in most databases for the, these kinds of applications, you, you handle those pretty cleanly. Yeah, I mean,
2: we already handling hundreds of uh, different, uh, maybe even, you know, thousands of uh, databases we handled in the last couple of years that we, we worked on the technology. So, uh, you know, we optimize it all the time. And of course, we, you know, there's a new customer, then he send you a new scenario, and then we need to, you know update the the algorithms on the on the server side. Yeah we all the time, you know, upgrade the the server side to, to handle it more and more uh,
0: different scenarios or different
2: database types. What kind of crazy thing that people do in the database.
0: Anything else we should cover before we get to the picks? So, you know,
2: just uh quickly on our roadmap, we kind of uh, rebuild everything in Angular so you can see the dashboard. Uh some of our technology is still in the different uh all their UI. So we're working on uh, move everything to, uh, kind of, uh, to be the kind of cu- cutting edge of, uh, the UI. So that probably will, uh, going to happen soon. And like I said, we're building, adding a uh, JavaScript to the server side. So that's something else we're working on. And, uh, performance, you know, talking about uh, in-memory database or any kind of improving performance for the customers. But, uh, this is kind of our, uh, short uh, roadmap.
0: Cool. Sounds good. People want to know more about it. How do they? How do they find out about it?
2: Most of the documentation there. We have reference to to GitHub. Uh, most of the stuff is uh, you know open source on GitHub. Examples. Everything's there, and we're
0: working all the time on more and more examples. And they can just uh, contact us, you know. All
1: right. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. Lucas, you want to start us off with picks? Sure, I would love to. So I've been reading this book called. How to Fail at Almost Everything by Scott Adams of Gilbert fame. <laughs> and it is not only, it's funny because Scott Adams is actually fairly self-deprecating about his ability to give good advice. And so it's really quite humorous. But at the same time, amidst all of that subterfuge is he's really quite profound. And I'm, I really agree with a lot of his advice. And so I would recommend that Everybody read it if you have a sense of humor and it's kind of nerdy. So I definitely am a huge fan of How to Fail at Almost Everything. And actually the the entire title is How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. So very cool book and I recommend everybody check it out. All right, Joe. What are your picks?
4: I'm going to pick the game Titanfall. Really like that game. I bought it when it first came out, played it quite a bit and uh Kind of stopped playing a little bit, and then they had a cell where they were selling accounts for like five bucks, and my 10-year-old son, I bought him an account, and since then he and I have been playing a lot together, and I've just found a renewed joy for it. Just a fun shooter. So that's going to be my pick is Titanfall.
0: Very nice. I'm going to pick a system I've been looking at lately. It's called Drip. It's an email system. You can find it at getdrip.com. Um I've been using entreport for a while, but drip seems to be just more focused on getting your campaigns together and well organized so that you can uh get people the right information and uh hopefully get them to purchase whatever it is that you put out there to help them so anyway uh that's my pick Itai, what are your picks
2: yeah just uh recently see this guy uh they were also in Kickstarter. but i saw i saw them it's uh it's called a Fogu uh language. For all the guys that are actually traveling, it's a luggage that uh, becomes like a closet. So when you travel, it's a size of a suitcase. But uh, you know, when you get to the hotel and everything, it's uh, become like a closet. It's uh, blew up and raised. It's it's really cool. Huh. I mean, yeah. Also, these guys look for fifty thousand. They raise the five hundred <laughs> within no time. It's uh, it's really nice.
0: Awesome, really What are your picks?
3: Uh, recently, uh, uh, sh- uh, saw uh, Dean Åkesson's lectures on uh, ORM and was uh, inspired by it very much. So uh, I'd like to point that out uh, and to recommend it on it. And uh, other gadgets that I saw is the the air umbrella. If you if you heard about it, it's like uh, an umbrella without uh, uh, that, that defends you from the rain, but by air. So uh, uh, winds and stuff like that, and bad weather won't uh, <laughs> won't matter. You're you protected. It's it's very cool. I think
0: that sounds really awesome. All right. Well, I don't think we have anything else, so we'll wrap up the show. Joe, is there any news about NG Comp that we need to talk about before we end the show?
4: There is news about NG We are announcing our ski day. We've already officially announced it before. But we want to mention and remind everybody who happens to be attending that we are having a ski day. It'll be Saturday, the day after the conference. The ticket prices will be $100, and that will get you lift tickets to the Snowbird Ski Resort, which is a super awesome ski resort. They even have a tram that goes all the way up to the top of this huge mountain. An all day, so an all-day ski pass to that. Transportation up to the slopes, plus rental of either skis or snowboard. And it'll be an awesome opportunity for those who are attending NGConf to go out and hit the slopes with other
0: attendees. So it includes the, the pass and the ski rentals? Pass, ski rentals, and transportation are all included in that. That is a killer deal.
4: Wow. Yeah. So we would love to see tons of people. We'd love to sell out on those tickets. We do have a limited number, but it's a pretty large number, we didn't sell out last year and we've allocated even more tickets because we've been promoting it more, hoping that more people will go. So we really hope that people will want to go and go hit the slopes and enjoy some of the beautiful Utah snow.
0: Yeah. I don't ski well and I'm tempted. You can come hang out (laughs) with me on the bunny slope. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up the show then we'll catch y'all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C A C H E F L Y.com to learn more. Do you want to have conversations with the Adventures in Angular crew and their guests? Do you want to support the show? Now you can. Go to adventuresinangular.com slash forum and sign up today.